Previously on the Black and Blue Report. We welcome in. He's been here before, and he's always gracious enough to give us his time, and that's the president of the Saints and Pelicans now, Dennis Lashia. After it was over with, when, we, when Mr. Benson said we're coming back, I mean, distinctly remember, he called us in the office, and uh, I know Mickey was there, or called Mickey being there, and he said, hey, look, we're packing up on this date, we're going back to New Orleans, and we're going to make a difference, and we're going to be the leaders, and the team, the community needs us just as much as we need the community, and we've never done anything more important, and let's go. And we never look back. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and this, of course, is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. So glad we've made it to Friday. And we've made it, frankly, to the end of Training Camp 2015, presented by Verizon for the New Orleans Saints. Can you believe it? I know. We're ready to go. We're so close now to the regular season. Uh, after a practice tonight at Tulane, which we'll talk about here in just a, just a moment, the uh, Saints will have a preseason game on Sunday afternoon against the Texans. We'll get kind of into regular season mode and at the same time go through a short, short week in preparation for a Thursday game against the Green Bay Packers. And then we're on. Labor Day weekend and the regular season is here. We will be ready to go. The roster will be down to 53 before you know it. And uh, it's gone rather quickly. I'm sure probably too quickly for head coach Sean Payton and his staff, general manager Mickey Loomis, and the, uh, the tough process of putting together the right 53. But we're getting close to, to really um, knuckling down on that. And with that, the players are, are also uh, sensing that uh, in their routines as well. That routine continues tonight. As we mentioned, practice not until this evening, 7 until 9 p.m., and it'll be at Yulman Stadium over on the Tulane University campus. We're very excited about that. We're hoping that a lot of folks can make it to Uptown for this evening's workout. The weather should be fantastic. And, uh, there, of course, will be plenty of space for you to uh, catch the black and gold. And, and, frankly, because it is in their stadium, you'll get your best view of practice, you know, more so than on Airline Drive where uh, there's some low-lying bleachers, if you will, on the one side of the practice field. Uh, tonight will be a great viewing of the football team, and, uh, and that activity will conclude uh, camp. And so, therefore, this is your last chance. So make sure you check it out. We hope to see you over there in Uptown tonight. Um, I'll be there, John DeShazer, and uh, all of our NewOrleansSaints.com staff. All right, we've got a great show for you today. Yesterday, we really enjoyed Dennis Lauscher. He was our lone guest. Uh, we'll triple the number of guests today. Kurt Menefee from Fox Sports uh, is on the uh, program today. Of course, Kurt is the host of Fox NFL Sunday with uh, Howie and Terry and Jimmy and Jay Glazer and that whole crew. Uh, those guys are in town. Well, at least Kurt's in town as a part of the Fox uh, broadcast of the Saints and Texans this weekend. So we're, we're very excited to have Kurt Menefee on for the first time today. We'll also learn more about the Texans as we bring in John Harris. Harris is the sideline reporter for the Texans radio network. Brings great insight about uh, what the Texans have been going through. With regard to Hard Knocks, their camp, naming a starting quarterback and what they bring to the table this Sunday, you know, a team that also we'll, we'll uh, see in the regular season. Keep that in mind. And Raphael Bush, the only defensive back I think that's made every practice so far this training camp, is ours again today on the Black and Blue Report. We'll get to know the uh, Saints' safety a little bit more. So stay with us. We'll take a quick break when we come back. We'll start things up with Kurt Menefee from the NFL on Fox. Ever been surprised by a bill? 
A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue from Studio B on this Friday getting set for a football weekend here in New Orleans. Uh, A big weekend, obviously, in New Orleans. The anniversary of Hurricane Katrina on Saturday and the football game kicks off at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Fittingly, I think, against the Houston Texans, a city that uh, helped so much uh, 10 years ago. We are pleased to welcome in for the first time the host of Fox NFL Sunday. That's Kurt Menefee, who is also in town as Big Fox has the broadcast on Sunday at 3 p.m. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, and this guy, Kurt Menefee, uh, kind of getting things started for the network with their coverage on Sunday. Kurt, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Um, and I have a feeling you're well aware that you are uh, rolling into quite an emotional weekend here in New Orleans. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, and one other thing, don't forget Randy Moss will be there as well. Uh, yes, so, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I obviously seen all the stuff that, that's been done by the Saints team, by the National Football League, and just you know, America in general, remembering the uh, 10-year anniversary of, uh, of the tragedy that was Hurricane Katrina. And, and just watching that city bounce back has been an amazing story. And I know, you know the Saints have been a, a large part of that. You know, it, it's interesting if I could get like, serious for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I, I was always one of those guys who found it kind of trite when people say, oh, you know, sports gives people a diversion from you know, major tragedies or major incidents, or it can help rally a city and all that. And I, I wasn't a big believer in that until I, I lived in New York during the days of 9-11. And I know, you know, what the Yankees going to the World Series did for that city, and even people that weren't Yankee fans truly did it. And I think that people saw... Not only that incident, but that uh, with Hurricane Katrina, and especially a city like New Orleans that revolves around that team. I know that you know the Pelicans uh, at the time were there, and uh, well, called the Pelicans. Um, you know, but there's something special about the relationship between the Saints and the city, and I think that it really came through uh, in shining colors after that incident and showed the resiliency of the people there. I think it's poignant that you are saying this, Kurt, being basically a national voice for the NFL. Um, because certainly we're passionate about it here as an, as an organization and as a city. Um, I guess by your words, I'm I'm to um, I'm to believe that that's the perspective of the nation as well. Yeah, I, I truly believe that, and I think you know it's hard to see when you're there in the middle of it. I'm sure, but even going back ten years, I think you know they became America's team during that season um, when they were bouncing around. And I remember doing games in San Antonio with uh, Jim Hasler as the head coach and, and just trying to figure out what was going to happen to that, that squad. And then when they finally got to come back the next year and had the Monday night game against the Falcons, and I grew up in Atlanta, but you couldn't help but root for the Saints 
because of all the people that have gone through. And again, I keep going back to that bond. I, you know, I think there are very few places around maybe all of sports, but certainly the National Football League, professional sports in particular, where there's a connection truly between the citizens of the city and the athletic team. And I think, you know, maybe Green Bay has it. Uh, and I put New Orleans in that category. And there's you know, probably maybe two or three others in all of sports where you can say truly the identity of that city revolves around uh, a professional sports team. Kurt Menefee with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Kurt, you mentioned you'll be working with Randy Moss this weekend. We saw Randy up at training camp, actually, when the uh, Patriots and the Saints shared the practice field just uh, late last week. Um, what will you all focus in on this weekend? Will you? I mean, obviously that you and I are sharing a great conversation about the meaningfulness of this weekend. Will that be conveyed during that broadcast on Sunday as well? Yeah, I, I think you do, but I, I think that, you know, I mean, look, people tune in to see a football game, and, yeah. and you know, you want to – make sure you honor the, the memory of, of those that were lost and, and what the city did and how it rallied and came back. And, you know, we talked about Drew Brees and, and, um, and coach Peyton being a large part of that and winning the Super Bowl and all that. But, you know, it's still about football, when, at least when you're doing a football telecast for three and a half hours. And there's room to acknowledge that, but still let it be about, especially this third preseason game, about both these teams trying to get ready for the regular season. You know, I mean, we'll see how much we see the starters, uh, how much they play, you know, it's, one of those things we can go down a whole different road about preseason games and, and their lack of meaning and, and watching starters get hurt and, and coaches being cautious. But in the end, it's still a football broadcast. And so I think that that's where we'll concentrate for the most part. What do you see in the Saints so far? Um, I don't know how much you've seen in the preseason, but obviously I know that you're getting ready for the season. And where, what, yeah. in where and in what place do you place the Saints this time of year? You know, it's one of those – it's part of – the uh, thing that I like about preseason, you know, I, I go around and Fox is a couple of games and then uh, I bounce around to training camps and, and see a lot of teams. And, and so I get a better feeling once you're kind of there in person, you get a chance to talk to some personnel people, you get a chance to talk to the coaches, you know, because from afar, all you see right now are basically highlights uh, as you travel around the country. And those are hard to interpret in preseason games. But if you look at, at, at the talent, the roster, uh, what they have, and also what's going on in the rest of the division, I mean, look, I, I see no reason that the Saints shouldn't be at least expected to be at the top of that division. Mm-hmm. You can't be as banged up defensively as they were last year, particularly in the secondary. Um, and, you know, they've got some young linebackers that are probably going to have to, to step up, but there's no reason to believe that they can't. Uh, and if that defense is fine, we know what the offense can do. It seems as though, uh, and this is one of the things I'm intrigued about finding out a little bit more when I get a chance to talk to Sean Payton on Sunday, Um that they want to go, I won't say back to the running game because they never truly abandoned it, but but get back to the, that running formula they had the, maybe in, in the years when they were winning divisions and, and going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason to try to show up that run blocking offensive line. And you know you lose Jimmy Graham, which is a huge you know guy to replace. But if you can take up the slack in the running game, then it also becomes a whole different thing. So I, I think that there's reason to look at this team. And right now, if you look at the teams in the NFC South, I think they'd be right there among the teams, if not the favorites. I think you're very kind about the way you're speaking of the division after what we saw last year. Well, <laughs> well done, Kurt. Um, yeah, but but last year was last year. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. And you know, the Saints were mired in it last year too. You know, so you have to look at it and say, not that you take one year at a time, but you, you truly do. There's so much change going on with these teams year to year. I mean, look at it. the Atlanta Falcons aren't remotely the same team they were last year, other than. You know, having the same starting quarterback and those receivers. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, they're a whole different team. So, you know, don't put uh, 
the stock in that last year the division stunk and it will again this year. But I do think that, let's say, it's not the strongest division top to bottom in the league. But I think the teams are on the rise there. I think all four teams are on the rise there in all honesty. Yeah. Kurt Menefee with us here from the NFL on Fox. Uh, Kurt, obviously, if we can get through next Thursday, the preseason will be done. We'll turn past Labor Day weekend mm-hmm. and get ready for the regular season. Um, obviously, yeah. when you all hit the soundstage in, on week one, you'll set the table for the games on that given Sunday. Uh, but mm-hmm. what will you say are the top storylines for you going into the new season across the league? I, I think the top storylines are putting a period on 2014, which – it's been a long time, if ever, that I can remember one season carrying over into the next. Like, I mean, you look at Deflate Gate, quote unquote, and the Patriots situation. It's still hanging over everybody's head right now, going into the regular season. Uh, I think if you look at how will Adrian Peterson bounce back, that's hanging over everybody's head going into the regular season. There's so many issues that you want to say, you know, Seattle and the final play or offensive play for them in the Super Bowl. You want to put a period behind and move on. It's almost like usually you get to the first Sunday after Labor Day and you're like, okay, it's all about this upcoming season. you got to kind of wrap up the 2014 season, unfortunately, just because it's been hanging in the air for so long. And then once you do that, then the excitement will take place. Kurt, when you look at uh, what you'll have on the soundstage again this year, the continuity of your crew uh, is mm-hmm. uh, something that is special, I think, in our, in our line of work. Uh, is that yeah. part of the formula for why that show is as good as it is? Or is there something else? Yeah. Is there another intangible that you're willing to share about what looks like to be a pretty good Sunday for you? You know, I, I think that what you see is what you get. And I think that's the intangible is that this crew has been together. You know, I came in, this is my 10th season hosting Fox NFL Sunday. Before that, it was essentially the same crew for 12 years. Uh, Jimmy went back and coached for a little bit, but it was, you know, James Brown, Terry, Howie, and Jimmy. And then I came in, and then two years later, Michael came in, and it's been the same crew for the last eight years. So, I mean, there's been very little change over the 21 going into 22 years of uh, Fox NFL Sunday now, and that continuity has something to do with it. But, but I, I think the continuity comes to the fact that, you know, one, <laughs> the ratings are good. Let's not kid ourselves. If the ratings weren't, you know, the bosses would make changes. But, we, you know, we've been the number one show, and a pregame show in all of sports for 21 years. And it's... I think in large part due to the chemistry, you know, and it's one of the things that people talk about chemistry and how you manufacture it, how you put it together. There's no real way to do it, you know, except we genuinely like one another. We're all friends, you know, and next weekend after the final preseason games are done on Thursday, my wife and I are going up to, actually we're going to meet in Washington state, but we're going to see the Dave Matthews band with Howie and his wife. Uh, I just got, you know, a phone call from Jimmy earlier today, just something silly about him fishing. You know, uh, we all, in the offseason, spend time together. We do things together. Jake Laser was best man at my wedding. I've known Michael Strahan for more than 20 years now. His ex-wife tried to set me up with her sister. I mean, you know, so we all are genuinely close. And so when we get on the set, we're not faking it. We're not trying to pretend that we like one another and that we like talking football together. We do. And when the cameras are off, we literally sit there on that set all day long and watch games. We have a big bank of monitors where we see every play of every single game. And all we do is, oh, did you see that? Oh, did you see that? And we have some food and and, and uh, just have a good time, really. Is that like working? I mean, that just sounds like a, a day well, with your boys. I mean, it depends on. on if you're my boss asking or not. You know, <laughs> if you're the boss, yes, it's hard work. Uh-huh. <laughs> but otherwise, it's like hanging with your boys. I mean, it, it truly is. And you know what? And it doesn't end there. I mean, you know, we wrap up on Sunday. 
And then obviously Michael, now that he's you know Mr. Media, yes. has to race back to New York to do his show on Monday. But Howie and Jimmy and Terry and I will sit there and watch at least the first half of the Sunday night game together. Sometimes we'll go to a restaurant and do it. Um, but we've been in since 5, well, our meeting time is 5.30 in the morning uh, on Sunday. So we make it till about halftime, and then we kind of disperse so we can go to bed. But, you know, it's not like we're racing to get out the door because we like spending time together and like watching football together. Let's be honest. You've got big personalities on that set with you. Who yeah. – who, um... Who taught you how to host? I don't know if that's the right way to phrase this question, but I think that you fit the role perfectly because of those personalities. And I'm not well, sure if, if that's if that's a natural thing for you or was there somebody who kind of showed you the way? You know, I, I think obviously, I mean, I was a, one of those nerd kids who watched television all the time. So, you know, growing up, I, even just local guys in Atlanta, I watched sportscasters or the Brett Musburgers, you know, who when I was growing up was doing the NFL Today on CBS. And Brian Gumble, who was doing NBC, and then they would just change the year. It was like 77, 78, 79. So, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't hopefully learn something from simply watching those guys. But I think, you know, like everything else, it's, a lot of it's trial and error. I've you know, worked in local television coming up. And once you kind of get there, I think for me the key has been, I believe, and I feel like it's been successful to this point, is just realizing it's not about me. You talk about the big personalities uh, on those shows. I mean, you've got guys that have won eight Super Bowl rings. Uh, Terry Howie and Michael are in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy should be in the Hall of Fame. He's in the College Hall of Fame. And so what am I going to tell them about football? There's no reason for me to even try and, and trump them or compete with them. You know, I know the game. I travel around. I talk to people. I know personnel. I know what's going on in the league. But I use that foundation to hopefully ask the questions and set the guys up the way that they can best get out their information or the point that they're trying to make or to ask a question of somebody sitting at home, maybe watching. Cause you know, to me, I'm just the average guy who's lucky enough to be put in this environment with these guys. And so I try to take advantage of it and, and represent the people, if you will. I love the fact that you're a man of the people, Kurt Menefee. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and let's get to the real hard hitting question of this interview. Um, you are okay. coming, you are coming to the, one of the great food cities in North America uh, this weekend. Yeah, amen. So where, where will dinner be, and who picks up the check? Is that a Randy Moss effort? Is that a Joe Buck effort? <laughs> who has the longer arms and is willing to treat my guy, Kurt Menefee? You know, and this is where you wisely, I keep bringing up the bosses, a lot of the suits will be there. Yeah. And you let the suits take you out to dinner so that they can pay for everyone. That's what you learn after you've done this for a while. That way no one on the set has to pay for it. Yeah, that's a good way to go. As a matter of fact, the two preseason <laughs> games I've worked so far this August, we've worked with uh, Barry Landis, one of the NFL on Fox yeah. producers. And, uh, and Barry has shown me the way that the, uh, the big wigs at the company at Raycom that have been uh, taking care of these broadcasts uh, seem to be willing to pick up the check there, too. So um, I'm following in your footsteps. And who will you to fight him, right? That's right. Who will you to fight him? You know, I'm just, there, I'm just there to be the best I can be <laughs> and be a team player. So, Amen to that, brother. I yes. feel you. Congratulations on your uh, tenth uh, upcoming season. Your tenth, you said, Kurt. Yeah, this wow. is year number ten. And and, and flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and you do such a great job. We hope that you enjoy our city this weekend. We can't wait to watch you on those regular season Sundays, and I hope that maybe you'll come back and visit with us again. Always. Thank you so much for having me. You got it, Kurt Menefee from uh, the NFL on Fox and Fox NFL Sunday. What a great visit here on the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. 
All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Of course, we're all excited about Sunday's matchup between the Saints and the Texans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Help us get ready for that, of course. John Harris, why not? Sideline reporter for Houston Texans Radio, contributor to uh, their team's website, and a whole lot more. A coach's son, too, John. And I guess that gives you plenty of perspective when covering uh, football these days, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, it, it helps in some sense that I look at the game a little bit differently than a lot of the, the Houston media members, which is kind of cool. And so I, I watch practice with a little different eye and maybe a little bit more discerning eye. But uh, it's been fun because I, as you guys get a chance to watch Sean Payton every day in practice, I get a chance to watch Bill O'Brien, somebody I've known for a very long time, uh, to watch him work and see him grow as a head coach. So uh, it's really fun to watch that and to uh, definitely be around this team that if they get any kind of offensive play at all, I think they got a chance to do something special. It's a matter of what they do at quarterback. Well, let's start from the start then, and we'll uh, tap into that football brain of yours and talk about the Texans' offense. Earlier this week, we learned that Brian Hoyer's the guy for Bill O'Brien, at least at the moment, um, and this Texans uh, squad is looking for probably, what, something good offensively to happen this weekend, right? Uh, there's no question. I think what Bill wants to see, as crazy as it sounds and as simple as it sounds, he wants to see points. He wants to see this group get in a nice rhythm, take a drive down, put it in the end zone, or, or string together a couple of drives that, that end up with field goals. I would rather, obviously, have touchdowns. But as simple as it sounds, I think he wants to see that. You know, Brian, Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mal have been going back and forth. One day one had been with the ones, and then the next day the, the other guy would be with the ones. And so they've gone back and forth. And I know Saints fans aren't used to something like that. Drew Brees has been the one for many, many years has been that way here. I mean, in 2013, there were three quarterbacks that played. Last year, there were four. And this year, there was this quarterback competition. So, I think a lot of people around here would just like to see Brian step in, control the job, uh, and starting on Sunday, really move the offense a little bit and get comfortable with everything in the offense. Allow the offensive line to know where he's going to set up in the pocket. The receivers to know, hey, Brian's going to throw this ball to your outside number on this route. Uh, he likes to throw the ball to the inside on this route. Those are things that could start to develop even further as he takes over as the number one guy. Now, no Arian Foster, but we aren't going to see Arian Foster in the preseason. But hopefully he's going to be back a lot sooner than later. And a lot of people thought, well, maybe it's the first half of the year uh, going on to IR designated to return. But it sounds like he might be able to come back a lot earlier. And that, I think, will boost people's spirits a little bit more. So there is still a question at running back how they're going to get uh, quality play there. But I think this receiving crew, even without Andre Johnson, I think this entire receiving crew 
to be much better than it was last year. And I think the tight ends will really be a big part of that because Brian Hoyer will work to get those tight ends involved. Is Brian Hoyer more like the Brian Hoyer from early last season or late last season? It seems we saw the two faces of Brian Hoyer last year with the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because in this town, as soon as you start to explain why Brian Hoyer may not have been as good in the second half of the season with Cleveland, oh, you're a Hoyer apologist. And then if you if you point out as bad, which is in the second half of the season, well, you're a Hoyer hater. And I, and I, I hate that line of thinking, but that's the way fans think. And I get that to a degree. But, you know, early on in the year, I think the biggest thing for him was he lost Alex Mack on the offensive line at center. And when they did that, and we got a chance to see them up there last year when Alex Mack was out and Hoyer went against Mallet in that game up there. And Hoyer had no time to throw. And he had no receivers to throw to. And he was just gutting it out. I think they ended up having him throw it 40 to 45 times. And the offense was just a mess. Kyle Shanahan wanted one thing, and uh, I think Mike Penn wanted another. And Ray Farmer obviously was texting that he wanted another. So it was just a complete mess. And I think coming back here to his offense, an offense that he was used to from New England that he ran when Bill O'Brien was there. Getting back up on the bike, you can tell that he's very comfortable in it. Now he's just got to get comfortable with all the pieces in the machine. And once he does that, I think you'll see a consistent machine. Look, we don't have Drew Brees. We don't have Aaron Rodgers. But we have a guy that's a lot better than people think. It's just a matter of whether he plays at that particular level enough. And if he can put 21 points on the board. I think the Texans can win a lot of football games with the defense they do have. Well, let's, uh, yeah, there's, there's the easy transition. Like you said, you don't have this, you don't have that. But <laughs> you do have quite a little bit of a defense going on over there led by J.J. Watt. Um, so you think, what, 21 points and you're safe with that defense right now? Well, I, well I'd like to think that. Yeah. I would like to think that they wouldn't give up a whole heck of a lot. I, I think back to last year. And I think that game against Baltimore really showed what this defense could do. And it really completely and totally shut down Joe Flacco and the Ravens. And that was a Ravens offense with Gary Kubiak, his offensive coordinator, that was clicking all year long. And all of a sudden, boom, it came to a roadblock against the Texans. It's the second year in rack system, Romeo Cornell system, and they've added pieces. They've added Vince Wilfork. And Jadeveon Clowney appears to be healthy. Who knows how much he'll play early on. I, he won't play Saturday or Sunday against the Saints, but – He's coming along. He's got a little bit more practice. So you put Wilpork in. You put Clowney in. You add Raheem Moore to the secondary, and you bring back all the other guys from the year before and now in the second year. Yeah, expectation. And most importantly, you bring back a healthy Brian Cushing in the middle. I think you throw all those pieces together, and they shouldn't give up more than 21 points in a the game. They should. Now, they're going to at certain points because they're going to face the Patriots. They're going to face the Saints. They're going to face some offenses that can put the ball in the end zone. But I think this defense is going to at least – in the first, I don't know, four to five games of the year, keep them in games to allow Brian Hoyer and the offense to really find itself and find that rhythm, and then hopefully harmoniously they can meet somewhere in late October, or October, early November, and be a team that plays a pretty tough schedule the second half after the bye week. Good point. John Harris from Texans Radio here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, John, one more thing before I let you go. When you and Andre Ware and Mark Vandermeer all convene on the air on Sunday afternoon, what's the top of the list? What do you open that show with in talking about preseason game number three? Well, I think, first of all, uh, I think for all of us being citizens of Houston, and I'm a native of Houston, I think the first thing is playing this game on Sunday in New Orleans, the 10th anniversary, which I know uh, of Hurricane Katrina, which I know Houston was affected. Obviously, we know New Orleans was affected. But I think the city of Houston uh, you know, saw what was happening, opened the Astrodome, 
So I think that probably is, is first and foremost that 10 years later, you know, here we are. But I think from a football standpoint, I think it's going to be the, it's going to be Hoyer, who we talked about. Hoyer getting the start, the ones going for a little bit longer. And then, of course, facing Drew Brees and now a star in the making in Brandy Cooks at wide receiver. How does the defense fare? How does the secondary look against the guy in Brandon Cooks who could really turn into the next wide receiver star in the NFL? So I think those are probably going to be at the top of the list. But most importantly, for, from a football standpoint, it's going to be Brian Hoyer and how the offense looks. I think you're right on all accounts there, and and it's so fitting that Houston is here to be our guest this weekend as uh, Houston was so critical for all of us here in New Orleans 10 years ago this weekend. John, well said, and uh, we'll be looking for you on the sideline on Sunday. Uh, I'll look forward to meeting you in person, and I really appreciate the visit. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. You got it. John Harris with us from Texans Radio. Right back after this. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. Well, Rafael Bush has certainly shown a, a lot of leadership here throughout training camp. He's also been taking most of the first team reps at free safety, and he's kind enough to join us here on this uh, Thursday afternoon. My friend, is free safety the best seat in the house for football? Uh, it's kind of like the quarterback of your defense. You get to foresee everything that's going on. Um, of course, you have to know everyone's job. you got to get people lined up. You may be able to see things from a different angle that other guys can't see. You give guys a heads up and just communicate with other guys. So it's like quarterback of the defense, actually. I mentioned that your, your leadership abilities. I just get the sense that you've taken a growth step coming into this new season. Do you feel that way? Well, I think every year you want to try to take – you want to grow yep. as a player uh, mentally, physically. You know, coming off of the year that we had last year, uh, myself being injured, coming back from an injury, and um, just understanding the, the, the uh, team that we have, uh, we can do some special things. So you don't want to take that for granted. You want to come out here every day and try to get better, and I just try to lead by example. Collectively, you all seem to have something to prove. You know, I think Kenny Vaccaro even talked yesterday about um, taking ownership of what happened last year, whether whether a guy was injured or the team's performance or whatever. I just I get this impression that you're all on a bit of a mission here. Well, you have to be. Um, nobody's satisfied with what we put out there on tape last year. Uh, we we had to come back this year and we got we had to make some improvements and uh, we're still doing that. You know, we're not where we want to be. We still have some time, but I like I like where this team is going, and I'm excited. I think everybody has a chip on their shoulder. Uh, we know the, we know what we're capable of, and we just have to go out there and do it. Is it silly to bring up the fact that I, I think you all really like each other, you enjoy playing with each other? Does that count for something? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, you need that team camaraderie. 
I think, uh, on, on the field. Um, you, you play for people that you love playing for. You, you're, not, you're not one of those guys that want to let your teammates down, and uh, I think that means a lot. So if, if you're in that position and you don't want to let your teammates down, it's that important to you to do your job. And then if you get 11 of those guys on defense, it's scary. Quite honestly, I hear about 10 different descriptions when people talk about you. Oh, he's a thumper. He's got great ball skills. He, he has great vision. What do you think you do best at your position? I just try to do everything good. Yeah. I don't want to be a one-trick pony, man. I, I just think I, I bring versatility to the game. Um, I feel like I move like a corner and hit like a safety. Um, I can see the, 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 the field very well. Like I said, all those things I just try to you know, put into my arsenal and uh, be – one of the most complete safeties that I possibly can be. I don't want to be a one-trick pony. I don't want to be a guy that can just hit or the guy that can cover and cannot hit. I mm-hmm. want to be able to do all those things because I just want to be a football player. So, you know, that's my mission is trying to be a complete football player. Yeah, so multiple labels are okay with you. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no definitely. Um, <laughs> LeBron James is the best player to leave because he can do everything good. So, you know, translated to basketball, I don't want to be just a great scorer or a great defender. I want to be able to do both. So I want to be able to do all those things as attributes for a safety or a football player. Did you play basketball? I played a little bit of basketball yeah. um, in high school. I, I, was, I was solid. Um, it was just something to get me by. I knew football was what I wanted to do, but, you know, um, the season is long. The year is long. You have to find something to do, and uh, sports was definitely my outlet. Training camp's long, too. What are you doing to relax this time of year? Is it television? Is it reading? Is it just chilling? What is it? I try to pick up – I try. well – I go through a lot of phases where I'm just overly thinking things. So, you know, maybe one day I feel like I want to read a book. The next day I may want to play a video game all day. It's just so many different things that go on through my mind during training camp because it's so long. But really I just want to get into a, a consistent routine and just try to keep my body ready for the season that we're about to go, go up against and uh, just trying to stay healthy. The next six to seven days, are, I think, are going to be kind of a wild ride. So practice tomorrow night at Tulane, mm-hmm. a significant preseason game on Sunday, and before you know it, you're going to be on a plane to Green Bay to finish this whole thing up. That, have you tried to, to look at this next week, and, and how are you looking at it? Well, you just want to, you want to take it a day at a time. Right? You don't want to look too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're just focusing on correcting what we've done today at practice on film. And then we'll let tomorrow take care of itself. Uh, I think that's that's just the way you have to go about it. You have to take it a day at a time, and uh, you know that's what that's what um, that's our main focus. Any thrill in playing in a college facility tomorrow? Does it bring back any memories of any way? It's one of those feelings that you know I have to be there in order to tell you. I can't just tell you off the bat how I feel right now. Um, I actually have to be in that moment okay. again, and uh, maybe it'll be some some flashbacks or, or some chills that I've had while playing college ball, but um, I think it's going to be exciting for the fans. What was the coolest place you played at in, in school? Clemson was very – Clemson was probably one of the loudest places I've ever played. Yeah. I think it's one of the loudest stadiums in college football nation. Um, you know, them coming down the hill was, was a sight to see. I think uh, Clemson definitely was one of the, the better stadiums I've played in. Great visit. Hey, have a great rest of your week. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Thank you. Raphael Bush with us. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook 
and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new nutty super grain vegan smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. We're about set to wrap things up here, on, not only on this Friday, but for the week on the Black and Blue Report. And uh, I just want to remind you uh, to come see us at practice tonight. We hope that you'll check out the Saints, start your weekend with us. Um, high school football now is getting under underway as well, so... Um, cheer on your favorite team if that's uh, in your plans this weekend. And also, don't forget to go to NewOrleansSaints.com and participate in the 10 Years Stronger program with the Saints and Mercedes-Benz and uh, start to uh, give us your input on those special moments in the last 10 years uh, that have taken place with the Saints at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome uh, as we'll start to uh, remember some of those during the regular season this fall. This Sunday, there will be a uh, special tribute at the uh, Superdome with regard to the 10-year anniversary of Katrina. I know that there are many, many activities around town this weekend uh, that um, certainly celebrate our growth and remember uh, those we lost. And uh, I hope that you'll also sample that as well and um, be with those that you love the most, that you care about the most, whether you uh, they were a part of your life or not 10 years ago. Um, it brings different perspective. So we hope that you... Uh, we hope that you take full advantage of, of what we have on, on our plates this weekend around this fair city. Those of you outside of our region, uh, I thank you for giving us some thought as the nation has done so uh, wholeheartedly this, this week. And uh, we, are, we are grateful, as always, for everything that's been done for us over these last 10 years. We're grateful for our guests today. Had a fun show. Let's get back to a lighter topic. I had a fun show today. Kurt Menefee was fantastic. Got to meet John Harris with the Texans Radio Network. Enjoyed his company, and as always, I really always enjoy talking to Raphael Bush. We're going to see you on Monday. We'll be right back at it with another edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, keep in mind, as we turn towards September here, which we'll do next week, that means basketball really creeps back into the picture and becomes rather prominent as we progress um, in the coming weeks. So, you know, we've done a lot of heavy football here on the Black and Blue Report of late, but basketball comes back into the conversation as well soon enough. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, enjoy the football game. Go Saints on Sunday. We'll see you right back here on Monday for the podcast from Studio B. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.